a man pulls out a gun and shoots a world leader for the first time in history. And then we meet a grieving young mother. Her younger sister, who she loved so dearly, has recently passed away from a drug overdose. But her sister used to be a ghost hunter, and she's decided to continue her crusade on the other side, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm my day's going okay. I hope you guys are having a great day. If you're a new listener, you're like, what? That's a, that's the weirdest intro I've ever heard. I just want to be honest. I usually say I'm having a great day. I'm still struggling with this little earache, ear infection thing going on. I can only eat bland foods. My tongue is swollen. You're like, Jason, go to the doctor. Don't record don't record a podcast. It's not swollen. It's just a little red. But anyways, thank you for your concern. We <laughs> should. I actually ordered some stuff off Amazon to treat it myself. Speaking of treating, speaking of uh, speaking of segues, let's go ahead and introduce our one of our live stream supporters. This is someone who gave a live stream donation back in 2019. It's taken me a long time to get to you guys. And this guy's also a huge supporter of the show, Patreon supporter. Been listening to it since like episode 20 or 30. It's Barfy Man. Everyone give a round of applause to Barfy Man. He's walking into Dead Rabbit Command doing cartwheels. Throwing up, throwing up everywhere. Barfy Man, you're going to be our captain or pilot this episode. If you guys can't financially support the show through like the Patreon or the merch store, that's fine. Just help spread the word about the show. That also really Really helps out a lot. Barfy Man, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the... Which which vehicle sound effects is going to make my throat hurt the less? I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys. I'm going to go ahead and toss you an oar to the Dead Rabbit rowboat. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed on out to the Dutch Republic. Splishity splash. Splishity splash. Barfy Man is courageously leading us all the way across the Atlantic Ocean. We're headed back to the year 1580 as well, so let's make sure we navigate into that time portal over there. It's 1580, so it's old-timey all of a sudden. We're wearing, like, old-timey clothes. They're super, like, itchy and heavy. I bet you I, I bet you, they were the most uncomfortable people on planet Earth back in the 1580s. Because, like, cavemen were running around in, like, uh, leopard skins. <laughs> I saw this documentary once called The Flintstones. I know what it's like. They're wearing, like, saber-toothed tiger pelts. And it's very breezy. Nowadays, you know, we wear, like, yoga pants and tank tops. But in the 1580s, everything was so heavy and woolen and super itchy. And, like, then they're like, hey, we need you to go into battle. Here, put on, like, 80 pounds of steel. You're like, oh, man, I hope I get killed right away. So that way I don't have to keep running around on all this heavy stuff. I bet you it totally sucked. But it's 1580. We take all our clothes off. We're tired of walking around in these itchy, itchy clothes. And we're in Spain. And there's this dude there, and his name is King Philip. And he's like, you know what? It sure is fun being the king of Spain. <laughs> Eventually, I'm going to outlaw clothes, but for now, I'll allow them. I'm king of Spain. I'm also king of the Netherlands, but I'm having a, some trouble up in the Netherlands. You see, there's this guy named William I of Orange, and he's this Dutch independence leader, and he's, he's really getting my goat, which is literal, <laughs> literal back then because everyone had goats, and William took one of King Phillips. He's like, listen, you got to take care of him. They're calling this guy like father of the fatherland. I'm king. 
Somebody to take care of William, but William was such a beloved resistance leader that no one wanted to do it. And King Philip's stomping around the courtroom for a while, and he issues a proclamation at a certain point. He goes, listen, if you kill him, I will give you 25,000 crowns. That's money. It's not just a bunch of crowns that you're like, oh, now what do I do with these? I'm not king of 25,000 countries. 25,000 crowns was the currency. You also gain a peerage, which is like a class upgrade. It's like a real-life role-playing game. And you get a house, an estate. It's not like some busted old Shrek house. It's like you get fancy grass and your own goats. You get all sorts of goats, and you get a big house. So this goes on, he, he makes this proclamation, and in July of 1584, there's a dude named Balthazar Gerard. He's a 26-year-old man. I know a bunch of history majors just shut the podcast off before they're trying to figure out how to fast forward, because they know exactly where this story's going. But for the rest of you ignorant <laughs> for the rest of you ignorant goons, strap in. Balthazar Gerard. Gerard, 26 years old, he goes, I want that, man. I want the fame. I want the fortune. I want it all, like Sharpay. He heads out to Dyft. That's a city in the Dutch Republic. But he gets there, and he's like, oh, man, you know what I'm missing? I want to do this so I make money, but I'm too poor. This is a real problem. I never thought about this before. He's too poor to assassinate somebody. Because you need, like, a weapon, right? And you need a weapon that will kill someone. You can't walk around with like a little dagger. I mean, you can, and that'll kill someone, but this guy has protection. This guy has an army, really. He's a resistance leader. Not really going to be all, go up and shank this dude in lunch line. He's like, I don't have enough money to kill him. I, I, this, is, this is quite the conundrum. But once I kill him, I'll get all this money. But he starts trying to borrow. He goes, all I need is 50 crowns. If you guys got like 50 crowns laying around, that's all I need. And they're like, what for? And he's like, uh, to donate to somebody else. What, you think I'm here to kill William? And they're like, we didn't think that until you said it. He's walking around, and he can't get the money. Now, he's dressed like a bum. And this isn't, this isn't a clever disguise of his. He's a bum. He's a bum. Who, he's, just, he's just a little down on his luck. He just wants to murder a man. Make his dream come true. At one point, he's hanging around outside William's house, which is called the Preisenhof. It's this very, very elegant mansion. It's still there today. He's outside the Preisenhof. He's this hobo. And he's like, oh, man. He's all doing, he's picking flowers. He's like, I'll kill him. I'll kill him not. I'll kill him. He's just wistfully dreaming of the day he will assassinate William and get a class upgrade. He's like, no more bum for me. He's, he's a bum, though. He's a bum. He's outside of this mansion. So a royal guard comes up and goes, hey, you got to get out of here. No bumming around. Balthazar tells the guard, look at my rags. Look at how bummy I look. And I know that's why you came over to accost me. But I want to go to church, man. I want to find my peace with God before I kill William. They're like, what? What's that last part? Oh, nothing. You think you could lend me some money so I could buy some new clothes so I could go to church? And the guard goes, ah, I don't get paid enough for that. But I know someone who may lend you some money. So... The guard goes to William and says, hey, there's this hobo outside. He wants to go to church, but his clothes are gross and they super stink. And William says, you know what? I will give that young man 50 crowns so he can go to church. Guard gives Balthazar the money and he goes and he buys two pistols. Click, click. 
Click, click. Yeah. <laughs> he goes buy some non-stinky clothes. He's like, ooh, that guard was right. I smelled. He buys himself two pistols. Now, remember, we're in the year 1584. So firearms are readily available i mean they're part of the military arsenal but 1584 what we're about to get to and i kind of gave it away in the beginning but this isn't the whole crux of the story 1584 we're about to witness the very first execution of a world leader by firearms now balthazar didn't want 50 bucks just to buy the guns he actually has a plan not only to execute but to get away with it because that's the key He's not a martyr. He's not there to actually go and like perform this for a cause. He wants money and a class upgrade in that nice new house. This is his plan. He's going to go into the palace, jump out, surprise Balthazar, surprise his guard, shoot him twice. That's why he has two guns. He wants to make sure this works. He then bought a pig's bladder. I never would have thought of this. Balthazar straight up. First off, that's a pretty dope name. Secondly, James Bond of the 1584s. He buys a pig bladder. And apparently, I didn't know I didn't know that Looney Tunes actually were real physics. A pig bladder, I'm assuming he inflated it, but this was his plan. He was going to run, jump off the rampart of the palace, land in the moat. This is old-timey. They still had all this stuff. And the pig bladder would help him float across the moat. He has a horse ready to go. And before anyone can really even process this, because no one has ever been executed, a, a royal figure had never been assassinated with a gun before, that alone would shock everyone. He's going to be on his horse. He's riding away. He's eventually going to get back to Spain. He's going to get back into the safety of the king. And he's going to get all this stuff. He has this planned out. July 10th. 1584. William is walking down the stairs with his guards. Balthazar jumps out. Shoots him twice. Hits him twice. Kills William, father of the fatherland. William I of Orange. He starts to run out. The guards are flabbergasted. And they're all sitting around with, like, pikes and things like that. They probably have their own pistols. But you, you would it would be this equivalent as if you were sitting at work and someone walked in and vaporized your boss with a laser beam. And then ran out. You would, you'd be like, wait, what? That can happen? These things exist? Well, they knew guns existed. They never thought they would see a leader of any sort of affluence die of one. Balthazar's running. He's busting loose from the castle. He has his pig bladder ready to go. He looks. He sees his little horse winking, winking on the other side of the moat. He's getting ready to jump off the rampart into the moat. He he trips. He trips on a pile of trash they didn't plan on, and he falls to the ground. Not doesn't fall to the ground off the cliff of the building, he just kind of tumbles into the ground, the guards catch him, and they beat the crap out of him. It was, after this assassination, I'm not done with the story, if you guys are like, oh, that was, <laughs> that was kind of underwhelming. That was, just to wrap this up though, that was the first time a gun had ever been used in a political assassination. And a gun was not used again until a 200 years later. Very, very interesting. They're so practical. For assassinating people. <laughs> okay, CIA agents, NSA listening to that. I did not mean what you think. <laughs> I, do, I did not mean exactly what I said. They're so efficient. But I think there is an inelegance to it. 
But yeah, between this, now they use them all the time because it's we're a less civilized age. But we, that happened, and then it was another 200 years before someone goes, you know what? We should do what Balthazar did. We should shoot our political leaders in the face. But this might be, there may be a reason why they didn't do this, where they never shot anyone again. Because although his target died, that is not the end of the story of Balthazar. Balthazar is sitting in prison, and this is prison in 1584, so they go, let, let the tortures begin. So they, some guy comes out of retirement, he's like, oh dude, I was torturing all my life, I tortured all those people, and you know what, it's time for me to just, it's time for me to hang up the human skin and become a farmer. But now that this guy has killed William, he, has, he deserves the worst torture possible. So yeah, this is what we're going to talk about. This is why the history majors left. This is what we're going to talk about for the next seven minutes. He's hung on a pole, and he's whipped. And then, this is what's so weird. One, I think a lot of this torture stuff is exaggerated. I think a lot of these historical tortures, we covered one before about a guy who had to sit in a red-hot chair, and they use red-hot clamps to pull off his thumbs and his toes and stuff like that and i go the chair would have killed like the shock from sitting in the chair would have killed him on the spot it's so funny because when i put that episode on youtube i had a bunch of torture porn aficionados being like no it was real man it was totally real don't ruin my dreams and i was like it it, it probably wasn't they probably got a red hot chair he, he would have had a heart attack before he even got into the chair like knowing what was coming I think a lot of it is, or he's dead at that point, and they're like, and then we did this and did that. So I think a lot of this torture stuff is exaggerated. Um, two, this stuff is so incongruent. Like, you tie me to a pole and you whip me, I'm not having a good day, right? I'm not Rihanna, it doesn't turn me on. But then, okay, so this is, this is okay. so starting off right from the beginning, supposedly this has all really happened, but... It, Jigsaw would be like, really, dude? Really? That's a little that's a little ridiculous. They whip him with a whip. Then they smear him with honey, which would be so soothing. I have a sore throat. I would love honey right now. But they smear him with honey. And which you you think if it helps your throat, it would, it would also help the bleeding wounds caused by the whip. Then they bring out a goat. And described this goat has a sandpaper tongue. I don't know if all, I don't know if all goats do. I don't know if this goat was specifically bred for honey torture, but they bring the goat out and the idea is is the goat with its sandpaper tongue is going to lick him and it's going to hurt. And that's why the honey's on him. So the goat will lick. What type of torture is that? Just whip him for another 10 minutes. Think about all the work that goes into that. There's some guys like Otto's like, hey guys, I came up, I had this crazy dream last night. How about we cover him in honey and we have a goat lick it off him? And think about how long it would take to cover a human being in honey. Lead the goat in. And then he's like, ow, ow, what? Like eventually he'd be like, wait, that doesn't hurt. It tickles. I don't care how rough a goat's tongue is. You <laughs> just got whipped. You just got whipped. And... The goat doesn't lick up the honey. This is all historical. This is hilarious. The goat, like some historian had to write this down and go, wait, what? The goat, the goat didn't even do anything? The, the goat didn't lick him? Do goats even like honey? Like, what's going on here? The goat does not want to lick him. 
Now, they never say that it washed, they washed them off. I'm assuming they didn't. I'm assuming they weren't like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> Let's wash the honey off of this political assassin. We'll assume he's covered in honey for the rest of the time, which would be super sticky, a punishment in and of itself. They then tie him. <laughs> they take him. <laughs> this is ridiculous. They take him and they roll him into a ball. They roll him into a ball and tie him together. So now he's like a ball. Now he's like a human ball of yarn. I don't think, okay, I don't know if they covered him completely in rope where they're like, the guards are like, hey, where's Balthazar? And they're like, that's him. And you're like, what? Oh, I thought that was a giant ball of yarn. I think they just like hogtied him. I don't know if they completely covered him up. Garfield is playing with him. They tie him up in a ball so he can't sleep, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stab in the dark, no pun intended. I think being whipped, I think being whipped a lot and being afraid you're going to get tortured the next day, that's going to keep you awake too. I could probably fall asleep in a ball shape. Actually, people sleep in the fetal position all the time. So you could totally do that. He's already had this horror. I can almost guarantee you this is the rest of the episode. I don't know if we're going to have time for the other one. But anyways, maybe we'll do a second shorter story. For the next three days, Balthazar, now it's public humiliation, right? Now that they've experimented with the goat and that didn't work, now they bring him out into the public. They strap him to a pole and they mock him. Boo, you suck, man. Boo, you're super sticky. And he's like, that's not my fault. They made me sticky. And they're like, no, no excuses. The buck stops with you. You're gross. You're gross. That, I would be like, what, for three days? I mean, it might hurt my feelings a bit. I bet you you can't fall asleep as a ball. I can. They're all rolling around his balls. You're like, aw. I wish I could be free in a ball. But that's nothing, dude. Like, really, what could you say to me over the course of three days that would be worse than me getting whipped? Well, they have him tied up, and they're mocking him for three days. And then they take, again, bizarre escalation. They're like, okay, did everyone, did everyone say something mean about this guy? Okay, you good? You in the back? You said something mean about him? Okay. Now let's move on to the next stage. They should have just done this. They should have done this for three days. They took 300 pounds of stones and tie them to his big toes. That's torture. But logically, he would have no toes. He would have no toes at this point. They let these 300-pound weights hang for 30 minutes. Ah, ah, my toes, my toes. Shut up, complainer. They're like, no, no, the mocking portion is over, sir. You can't mock him. This is the stone on the toe por Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't know that. Ah, ah, for 30 minutes, 300 pounds on your toes. I weigh... Almost 300 pounds. I put on a bunch of weight on my vacation. I did put on some weight. But imagine me hanging, two of me, hanging on to a dude's toes. I mean, just me stepping on a guy's toes would be incredibly painful. Imagine him hanging from a pole and me being like, you get up there as I'm pulling on his toes for 30 minutes. Then, they have a real feet thing over in the Dutch Republic. I don't know if it's still a thing that they have this weird fetish, feet fetish thing, but in back then they definitely did. He'd be pulling on his toes. Then they go, bring out the shoes. Bring out the shoes. And he must be like, oh, I'm not from around here. Maybe they're really fancy shoes. Maybe they're the shoes of forgiveness. Maybe they'll let me go. They bring out shoes and they're well-oiled, uncured dog skin shoes. 
and they're too small. <laughs> Who cares? Someone was just hanging on my toes. Who cares if the shoes are too small? Well, you didn't let me finish. You take these uncured dog skin shoes and you put them on your feet and they're super tiny. And what happens is he's then hung over a fire. Again, that's enough, right? You're just hanging someone over a fire. Don't have to mock him. You hang him over a fire and these shoes, they dry and they start to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Eventually, these shoes tightened up until he had no more feet. Because the... the Okay, now, here's the thing. I don't think that's possible. I've come across other torture stories where people get sewn into cow hides and then the hide is put out in the sun and the hide crushes them as it dries. And that's a little more believable because you can suffocate someone by simply putting pressure on their chest. That'll kill them. They can't breathe. But you have all sorts of foot bones and stuff like that. I don't care if, if you put small shoes on me and they slowly cooked. You think they would just crumble away. You think there's like a path of less resistance. The human foot, the human foot that's genetically engineered to last 80 years and run across savannas in the pursuit of wildebeest or, or, or dog skin or dried up or non-dried up wet dog skin that so slowly dries. They would just fall apart. But now, he doesn't have feet. They've been crushed. They're nothing but stumps due to this scientifically dubious torture method. Then they take his shoes off, and I'm assuming he's going, my shoes! My new shoes! No, I came to love those things! They take his shoes off, and they brand his armpits. So they take his shoes off. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I only have a few more of these, okay? They take his brand new shoes off. He's like, no, I'll always remember the times we had together. He has a scrapbook. He has a scrapbook. It's pictures of his feet getting smashed. And then they go, put your arms up. I think his arm. I don't think they asked him politely. I think he's still like bound with his arms up. They take a hot branding iron and brand them under his armpits. It's a picture of his shoes. You'll never forget your shoes. I wasn't going to anyways. I love those shoes. They brand an image of the shoes underneath his arms. Then it said that they sew <laughs> so bizarre. How did you picture this guy the whole time? I pictured him like old timey clothing. Like maybe he just has on underwear. Like they're not naked because they're probably Puritans, but he's probably wearing like rags for underwear. That's about it. I mean, how do you dress a man for public torture? They soak his shirt in alcohol. And I spread that and I go, he's still wearing his shirt? <laughs> that didn't catch on fire. That didn't get all bloodied up. Apparently, he still had on a shirt this whole time. They covered in alcohol. And then, it was weird, right? They covered in alcohol. You think, what, are they going to set him on fire? <laughs> Was he going to die eventually, Jason? Is this man being tortured to this day? They take... Because that's what I would have done. If I had to cover someone in alcohol, I would have thrown matches at them and would have like taken satisfaction to knowing nine of the matches out of the ten will actually extinguish as I'm throwing them at the person. I'm, I'm not a torture. I actually despise torture. But if I was torturing someone, this is what I would do. I'd keep throwing the matches because I know eventually one's going to light it, but most of them won't, and there's a psychological torture. So I think they're going to do something like this, right? No. I don't think they even had matches back then. They cover his shirt in alcohol, and then they pour bacon fat, boiling bacon fat, all over his body. 
just skip the shirt. <laughs> just skip the shirt thing, dude. If you have boiling pig fat just laying around, I'm sure they boiled it specifically for this. Just do that. Just do that. You don't have to go, well, first let's get his shirt all nice and juicy. <sighs> Anyways, that happens. Then, okay, just let me count with one, two, three. Okay, there's only, only five more. I mean, they really went to work on this guy. They really, really went to town on this guy. You're like, you just said you despise torture, and yet you seem to be awfully entertained by this. Again, I think a lot of this stuff is exaggerated, and in the case in point, you just had boiling pig fat. Actually, looking at my notes, it said burning pig fat. So maybe the maybe the burning pig fat was to soak mixed with the alcohol in the shirt. But again, I mean, like, that's saying, like, if someone's, like, spilling, like, lighter fluid around your house and then they <laughs> they bring in a bunch of napalm you're like you didn't have to use the you didn't have to use the lighter fluid you're going to bring out the napalm so maybe he's like ah but he's burning or boiling one of the two it's super painful no matter what then they go let's put nails let's get some nice metal nails and shove them underneath his fingernails and his toenails the man's the man's in boiling pig fat at this point ah ah and then some guys like whoa, 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 whoa put it out put it out put it out you know what? I <laughs> They're like spraying them down. You know what we should do? We should put like metal nails in there. And people are like, what? That's, what? That's such a de-escalation. Just keep covering them in pig fat. But anyway, so this I read this and I go, wait a second. He has toenails still? He doesn't even have toes. He doesn't even have foot. How are you going to... So stuff like that. I go, hey, they're just making stuff up. But anyway, so then boiling pig fat, metal steel underneath your nails... Now it's execution day. This has been going on for a while. They have all the balloons. They released a bunch of balloons. Their little skull faces are floating through the air. Kids are ready. They have their popcorn. It's the day of execution. This is what they do. They uh, take his right hand. I don't know why, because he killed him with both hands. But they take his right hand, and they burn it off. Ah, that was my second favorite hand. Ah. Then they get some metal pinchers. You're like, Jason, <laughs> Just skip to the end. Just skip to the end. They have metal pinchers, and they rip. They they described it as they ripped off his skin from six places, which begs the question: <laughs> which six? Which six? And you go, Jason. Nobody's asking that question. This poor man has been suffering for days. But it's like if you had, like, obviously, if someone came at me with metal pinchers and said, "I'm going to pinch off six pieces of your skin." Like, I would go, okay, get a little bit get a little bit of my thigh, maybe some... No, you don't want your butt, because you got to sit down on that. But, like, there's places in your body you'd be like, no, I'm fine. You can, like, take out, like, the webbing between my index finger and my thumb, because I don't use that too often. I mean, that probably grows back. Maybe a little bit of elbow. So which six... I mean, this, guy, this guy's not worried about whether or not he can play video games. He's going to be executed. But I wonder which six places. Did it have any significance? It doesn't matter because he is eventually quartered. Or you rip off your arms and your legs. He's disemboweled. They rip his heart out. While he's still alive. Because, you know, getting your... getting your He would have... Listen, he would have died long before this of just infection and shock. But let's assume... That the Dutch, the, apparently the Dutch people are the most prolific liars and have a foot fetish. They, they disembowel him. He's still alive. They cut his heart out. He's still alive. They throw, 
They throw his own art in his face while he's still alive. He gets to feel the sensation of his own heart hitting him and be like, oh, that was less weird than I thought it would be. Honestly, I thought that would be more shocking. And then they chop his head off. And Balthazar Gerard, 26 years old, is finally dead. Finally got the punishment for the execution of William the First of Orange. Very, very interesting story. I honestly didn't expect it to last that long. I just got such a kick out of it. Maybe, maybe because I'm going through my own mildly uncomfortable pain that I can sit and look at the pain of another man and chuckle. That's not true. I found that story. I found that story on a day I felt great, and I still had a good laugh about it. We don't have enough time to do the second story about the girl whose sister was a ghost hunter. That's a really cool one. We're going to save that one for tomorrow. Let me take a quick look, though, and see what I got ready to go that's relatively short. Um, it's interesting if in a, in a different way. Uh, let me. It's, it's interesting in a different way than I'm used to covering. So let's go ahead and get started on this one. Barfy, man, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind the Dutch Republic. We're saying goodbye to St. Balthazar Gerard. We are headed on out. To Mount St. Helens, Washington. And I got this story from a good friend of mine, Sabine. And she was very excited about it. She was like, Jason, I have a story for you. And I go, oh, cool. <laughs> you like that enthusiasm? Matt, it's May 18th, 1980. Mount St. Helens erupts. <laughs> Lava's going everywhere. I don't think there was lava. I don't think it was like a Hollywood movie. But there was ash. That was the big problem. A lot of people were killed by the ash. Very, very deadly. I think it might be the most deadly volcano eruption in modern U.S. history. I'm pulling that. I'm pulling that out of my butt. So if that's not true, please save the hate mail. But 57 people were killed. It caused 3.5 billion dollars in today money. The largest landslide in recorded history happened when part of Mount St. Helens fell apart. But that's all pretty interesting, right? Volcanoes, I think. The very first episode of Dead Rabbit Radio, I talk about volcanoes. I love the topic of volcanoes. But that's not why we're talking about it. That's not why we're adding this episode. Adding this tail into my torture porn episode that I just did. People believe that not only did Mount St. Helens cause all this death and damage, but it also released... The Bat Squatch. I'd never heard of the Bat Squatch before. So when Sabine told me about the Bat Squatch, she read about it in The Guardian, I believe, and I go, what? Uh, what? I never heard of this. It must be fake. If I didn't hear about it, if I, Jason Gardner, didn't hear about it, but I didn't think it was fake, but I go, that's weird. I never heard about it. I'll have to look it up. My interest was piqued. Mount St. Helens, volcanic eruption, Bat Squatch comes flying out of it. That sounds pretty interesting. I was, I was wrong. I was wrong. This topic is dumb. It's super dumb. And th th it, I, it's so funny because I've been wanting to talk about this, but I, this is actually great. This episode might run a little long, but I've been wanting to talk about this because it's dumb. I didn't really know how to fit it in because I didn't want to build up the topic like in a way that I'm doing now and then reveal. I mean, think about it. How many times do I cover stuff? I'll cover stuff that I think is dubious factually i'll say i don't know if this is true but let's put on our conspiracy caps but i never really covered topics i think uh, that i personally i think are dumb until now 
And that's the reason why I want to talk about it. I, it's this. Let me tell you briefly what the back squatch is. Originally, I was hoping to get this done in like five minutes, but I can already tell it's going to spiral out a bit. And don't leave because you go, oh, it's stupid. Jason says it's stupid, so it's not any good. The bat squatch is described as this. It's nine feet tall. It weighs as much as two grown grizzly bears. I have no idea. I have no idea how they got that estimate, but it weighs as much as... And there are multiple sightings of this thing. Blue fur. It's odd detail, right? It's blue. Has a wolf-like muzzle, and it has bird-like wings that span out to 50 feet. Now, it's unlike the Mothman, because when she was telling me about this, I go, oh, so it's, I'm thinking it's like the Mothman. It's connected to this disaster. It's connected to Mount St. Helens. It flew out. When you look at any account of the Bat Squatch, they talk about it being related to Mount St. Helens. This is what's so weird about this. I read multiple articles on this, hoping the story would get slightly interesting, and it got dumber and dumber. I think there has to be something else going on here. There has to be something else going on here. People, Every article basically states that this thing came out of Mount St. Helens, but the very first sighting of it was not until 1994. Fourteen years later, in Pierce County, Washington, April 1994, Brian Canfield said he was driving his truck. It breaks down. He sees a blue-winged creature flying overhead. There was another sighting in Mount Shasta, California, in 2009. Several hikers see a winged creature that matching the description of Bat Squatch down in Cali. That's dumb. Super dumb. You would think, this is what's so fascinating, you would think the idea of a flying Sasquatch, on paper it sounds amazing. Like it would be a whole new layer to the Bigfoot mythos. A flying one with wings? I that I, I heard that and I was like, that's awesome. It's not. It's super boring. Let's put on our conspiracy caps here. I believe that, and we've talked about this before, and I'm not the only one who believes this either, because we had other people kind of put their own spin on it. I believe that there are hidden codes out there. We've talked about these codes being used to pass on insider trader information. We did an episode on that. But even before that revelation, which I find very fascinating, I and this may fall into that, I think that sometimes these stories are put out there as codes, coded messages, for other people. And unless you know what the end message is, or how to break the code, or who it belongs to, it makes no sense. Out of all of the stories we've ever covered on the show, this is probably the most bland. And it shouldn't be. A flying Bigfoot should be awesome. I did a ton of research on this thing. You can follow it up on your the show notes. It's not good. She didn't find it in the Guardian. The the story of or the newspaper Oregon Live did it. But there's a lot of stuff on this, and it all sucks. It's all really really bad. So why? If it's made up, it should be so fantastical it can't help but pique your imagination. If it's real, it could be mundane. But none of the details add up. Why do they keep connecting it to the Mount St. Helens mythos? It's almost like there's something else behind it. There's a new show coming out on Fox Nation, which is either some cable network, I think it's a cable network that streams online, called Monsters Across America. And one of the episodes they're doing is The Bat Squatch of Mount St. Helens. That episode's coming out pretty soon. Like This article was printed just back in August of 2021. 
why now? I mean, sure, it's just a television show that needs filler material. I get it. But there's way, there's just so many better cryptids. There even, there's even better Bigfoot stories to tell than this one. That there's been very, there's been no photographs. There's been no video footage. There's been sporadic sightings over the last 30 some odd years. I believe there's something else going on to this story. I believe it's coming out now because the story's been around for a while, but I believe it's being publicized now because it's, and again, conspiracy cap fully on, but this is a conspiracy cap theory that I believe that a lot of times we see stuff, not predictive programming. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I have a message that I need to send you. So I'm going to put it in a way that no one else will be able to decipher it. That's what I'm saying. I do find an interesting connection to this though. And this is something Sabine also brought up. Maybe Sabine is in on this mountain madness. As this episode's currently going to be hitting the air on that Fox Nation show, right now there is a expedition on Mount Adams in Washington. It's another volcano. There's a group of people around Mount Adams who sincerely believe that this mountain has a hatch in it. A portal, a physical portal that you can find, open up, and go into and find this alien base. There have been alien sightings around Mount Adams for decades. They believe it's, there's a base in the mountain. And this is the lowest snow level, like the lowest snowpack on Mount Adams in decades. So these UFOologists are scurrying all over the mountain all day long, and they have been for months. If they're going to find the hatch, they believe they're going to find it now. Because any other time it would be completely covered up by snow. This is their best chance to find the hatch. You know what's weird? You can find a ton of information on Bat Squatch right now. I can find none about this hatch. I've heard about the UFO legends around Mount Adams. I know there's groups out there that believe in that. But I wasn't able to find a single article. And there is a lot of activity on the mountain right now. I wasn't able to find this any I wasn't able to find a single article, Facebook group, anything about this search. Am I saying the two stories are connected? Am I saying this saga of Batsquatch being in the media all of a sudden is a message about what's really going on at Mount Adams and they're keeping that one under wraps? I don't know what I'm saying, honestly. I just find it very, very convenient that one topic about volcanoes is super popular. I wouldn't even say popular. It's super dumb. It's boring. And I can't imagine a show dedicating 30 minutes to it. And then we have this other thing going on in a volcano in the same state that could have world-changing ramifications that there's no information on. Misdirection. Look over there, not here. Because we saw what happened with uh, Raid Area 51, right? All those people were talking about it. Not everyone showed up, but there was that big thing. Imagine that same thing on land that's not controlled by the government. Imagine if there was a big push. Find the hatch, find the hatch, find the hatch. You'd have all the forest fin weirdos. You'd have all the alien... You'd have all the Area 51 people out there. You'd have all these big parties. Rescue crews would have to be going up there. And it would actually impede the search for the real hatch if there is one. But is there a connection between the Bat Squatch story coming out now? I don't know. I feel like there is. I feel like there is. And sometimes as a conspiracy theorist, I mean, you can't never win an argument like that. You can never sway anyone's opinion. 
But I feel like there is. Because otherwise, why is such a dumb story getting in play? Why is the Bat Squatch story becoming popular? And I get it. Not everyone has to be in the same things that I'm into. But if you're, there's just so much other better Bigfoot stuff. If that's what you want to talk about. And even just better cryptids in general. Bat Squatch. I get wanting to cover something that's obscure. I, 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 I'm glad that they're covering stuff that's obscure. But at a certain point, you got to look into it and go, well, it's obscure because it's lame. Right? I don't know. And you may feel like I'm being a gatekeeper. You may wish I still continued to talk about torture. But, yeah, I'm just very puzzled by it. And I have no pithy way to wrap this episode up. I didn't plan on doing this. This is one of those topics that I did all the research and I took all the notes. And I thought, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to cover this. Because the topic itself I don't find super intriguing. But the topic behind the topic might be more important than a big blue monster flying out of a volcano. You almost have to go out of your way to make the story boring, right? Like, it should just intrinsically be awesome. But it's just not that good. Which I find, in an odd way, even more fascinating than a middle-of-the-road cryptid story that I would have told, and it would have taken me five to ten minutes, and then we would have forgotten about it because we would have moved on to the next episode. Maybe I would have referenced it once or twice going forward, but... Is this story... I'm assuming that the people really saw something back in 1994, but I, I, man, I, it's, it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around. Like, what am I saying that the story's real? Wouldn't that be trippy if the story's not real and they made it up? Cause this is super easy. We've discovered this before on this show. The story never happened and they made it up recently and they backtracked it to make it look like it was older. That's happened before. We've covered that stuff before with like the Lone Pine Devils, which was totally fake. I don't know. I feel like I'm just kind of spiraling out and I could probably keep talking over and over again about this. But I, it's weird. And sometimes when we look at these stories, we have to look at the reason behind the stories. A lot of urban legends, I say this all the time, are cautionary tales. But some of these stories may be planted by the government or by other agencies, and they use them to communicate information between each other. And right now, the story of the Bat Squatch being aired on Fox Nation and getting press and Oregon Live, and I'm assuming other newspapers, as well as all the websites that I found it on, could be a signal. Bat Squatch, yeah, it's lame. <laughs> the government agents know that, but pay attention to what's happening on that other volcano in Washington. That may be a story that's far less lame. That may be a story that changes the world. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.